Welcome back to another episode of the Cruise Conversations podcast. I'm Michael. And I'm Frank. And today's episode is episode number 35, and we're going to discuss our top 10 cruising annoyances. Let's jump into it. Well, I'm excited for this week's episode. We've got a really awesome topic this week, but for those that missed last week, we had my mom on the podcast and she discussed her experience on Wonder of the Seas. If you haven't listened to that one, go give it a listen. That was It was really fun. It was really fun to have her on. She, again, got me kind of into cruising and it was, it was fun to finally have a family member on the podcast. So hopefully we'll bring her back in the next couple of months. She's going on Icon in this season, May, so we'll get to bring her back. And uh, yeah, last week I had surgery. So surgery went well, just for those that care about our personal life. <laughs> surgery went well and I'm in a cast now. So we're recovering and I just found out that Michael, our cruise coming up in the next couple of weeks, I will be able to walk. Oh, that's great. So that's good news. I got a scooter, so I'll be scooting around. I'll be, you guys will not even be able to see me. I'll be going around. You'll be like, where did Frank go? <laughs> and uh, so I'll be getting around the cruise nice and fast, but then I can also walk, which is, I mean, that's a game changer, being able to go to the shower, everything. So super excited about that. And uh, yeah, it's some great news there. But, you know, just wanted to quickly shout out our, you know, a couple of things this week. So one, those that are following us on TikTok, thank you for the love this week. Michael posted a, a cruise news. There's a lot of news going on. We're going to hit that too on the, on today's episode, but thank you for following us. Those that are following us on Spotify, we really appreciate that. We just hit a milestone over there. So thank you for you know sharing this podcast with your friends and family, following along. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. One more final shout out is for those that have been booking cruises with us. We've been pretty busy. It's wave season. We did an episode on what wave season is, but this is a pretty busy season and we've really appreciated those that have contacted us to help you know plan their next cruise. So if you're interested in hearing about the deals and discounts and some of the onboard credit and everything that we are able to offer, as well as just some of our group rates, you can reach out to us on Instagram at Cruise Conversations. You can also text us at 704-313-8556 and we will help you kind of get your cruise quote going. So Michael, with that, let's jump into the cruise news for today. Yeah, so it's been a couple weeks since we did cruise news since we had, like you said, your mom on the podcast last week. But since then, two new ships have been announced coming into two fleets. One of them kind of surprised me a little. Frank, Oasis of the Seas getting its seventh ship in the class. Dude, that was... I was so shocked because that was something that, you know, obviously they've been probably planning in the back end, but no one's talked about anything more with the Oasis class. It was pretty much that Utopia was going to be the last one. And Which is what I figured. Yeah. Especially with the kind of just the rumors of a smaller class of ship coming out and then obviously Icon. It's just interesting. Like, why wouldn't they do another Icon? I mean, it's been such a success, but I, I guess maybe everyone, they just think everyone loves the Oasis class or maybe cost too right the icon of the seas was what like two billion dollars yeah and so i know oasis class is definitely not two billion dollars we can look up what utopia actually costs but it's uh it's interesting that they decided to, to add another oasis class ship and it just is definitely getting to the point seven that's a lot <laughs> i think it has to be probably the biggest class of ship out there for a mass market cruise line. I mean, you've got Symphony. So now they're doing Symphony. They just released the new itineraries for 2025, but Symphony going out of New Jersey, which is cool. You've got the Europe market, right? So then, and then everything else is pretty much, oh, Galveston. You got Galveston. Okay. So Europe, Galveston, New Jersey, New York, the Bayonne, right? So then you got everything else is Caribbean. So that's only three others. And then you got four probably at least going to be going in the Caribbean, or maybe they'll send one overseas somewhere like i can't 
it's just going to be crazy. How I don't know how you do four in the Caribbean at once, but we'll kind of see how it plays out. I, I really like having right now the allure of this. He's doing the short itineraries. Yeah. And I wonder, we'll see kind of in the next week or two, they're going to be releasing their shorter Caribbean itineraries for 2025, 2026. And so we'll get to see, you know, are they going to keep that going? How's it been, you know, based on the numbers, how's it looking for allure going out of Port Canaveral and then obviously Utopia going out of Port Canaveral as well after allure. So we'll kind of see if they keep that going, but yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, and then going off of that, I mean, Carnival also announced their fourth XL class ship now coming out in 2027, and which is going to be the 10th XL class ship overall, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, because obviously, I mean, everybody knows what Carnival's is, right? It has the roller coaster, it has yeah. just like the different zones on the ship, but you kind of forget that some of Carnival's other brands have like this ship layout, there's different stuff on it. So I don't know, it was interesting this week, I was looking at one of P&O's more recent XL class ships and it has a swim up bar. You know, I was looking off at the back of the ship because I think I was, I went back and was looking at how Royal did their wording on swim and tonic. And I was like, Oh, it doesn't say first. It just says largest. So I think I just did a quick Google to see like what other ships had a swim up bar. And when I saw it was on that, I was like, huh, I wonder, cause you know, over time we've seen them add different stuff to the Oasis class ships. Right. And then they do like the big amplifications to the older ones. When you look at Carnival's, three XL class ships so far, they're pretty similar overall, right? Like we've said how some of the zones are a little different, but outside of that, most of the main features are the same. So I don't I was looking at deck plans and I was like, huh, where is like the swim up bar on the PO ship? Yeah. And it's actually Is it the Solarium? No. So it's on the Lido deck, okay. right? So like your main pool deck, but off the back where uh Shaq's Big Chicken is. Okay. And right now on the Carnival ships is just I think like two hot tubs and a pool. But it's like if you if you're fitting an infinity pool and swim up bar on the other ships, I wonder if it's something that they could eventually add here to kind yeah. of just follow along what Royals doing. So it's kind of exciting here too. We don't know where the ship's going to be out of yet. John Heald posted on his Facebook page and was like, "Where do you want to see the new ship out of?" And kind of, yeah. I mean, people are saying all over the place. You have the West Coast people wanting it over there, and I feel like typically the newer ships start out in Florida. But with Jubilee just going straight to Texas, who knows? Maybe this one will, like we said, either go straight to the West Coast or maybe more north, like you said, up in uh, New Jersey, New York area. Also be interesting to see if they eventually do, because I think all three ships right now are week long, if one of them eventually becomes a shorter three, four, five night sailings. I like it. I like the shorter. I really do. And and just to follow up on what we were talking about with... Icon was $2 billion and Utopia was 1.35. Okay. So that's a huge difference. So I bet it just comes down to money, honestly, and being like, hey, do we want to add a, you know, another Icon or we can do something, we can bring some of those concepts to, they're already doing that with Utopia, right? So they're putting like a Zoomie in the park and doing some of the same things on Utopia. So they're probably just like, hey, we could do this a lot cheaper. So we'll kind of see. But yeah, I mean, really cool stuff coming from both of those two lines and you know, these are things that are coming, what, 2027, 2028. And yeah. it's, it's, we finally got some new ships to look forward to other than the ones that are currently on order. So exciting stuff. And speaking of exciting stuff, you know, the cruise industry has really just continued to excel since COVID ended. And when we were looking at the, like the numbers of cruisers in 2019 and to where we are today, last year in 2023. So our question of the week for you is how many cruisers sailed in 2023? 
We got some answer choices for you. Frank, what we got? Yeah, so A, 35.5 million, B, 31.5 million, C, 41.5 million, or D, 27.5 million. Don't cheat. Obviously, you can Google the answer, but, you know, stay tuned for the answer at the end of the episode. So, yeah, pretty crazy. The numbers have been just outstanding. I know a lot of people are coming into cruising for the first time, bringing families in, and it's just becoming the ultimate kind of family vacation. So, awesome. Let's get into things that annoy us about cruising. You know, we've kind of talked a lot about things that we love about cruising. Obviously it's one of probably our favorite way to travel. We really enjoy traveling on a cruise, but it definitely, there are some downsides to anything, right? So there's pros and cons, obviously for us, the pros outweigh the cons, but we want to talk a little bit. Yeah. Just about things that, that annoy us. So Michael, what do you got? So the first thing we got on our list is the nickel and diming happening on some ships these days. You know, you look at just some of the extra stuff you may have to pay for Wi-Fi being extra, some soda and basic drinks, fitness classes, you know, Virgin's kind of done a good job here looping all this into your cruise fare at the top. And it'd be nice to see other lines kind of follow suit with this or give you the option to just add it all at the start. And even things like photography happening around the ship. I feel like the prices that they charge on the ships just aren't great when you look at it. Yeah. Half time is like 20, 25 bucks like for a single photo if you don't have a photography package on whatever ship. And even when you look at some of the photography packages, they still aren't cheap for the number no. of photos you're getting. Yeah. And so I, that'd be one thing I think you could easily, especially because I know back in the day, I don't know if Royal used to do this. I know Carnival, they would print out your photos, right? And they would put them all in Such the gallery. I know. And you got to think how much they used to throw out. But with it all just being digital now, it's like... What's the cost? It's just the, the labor hours, right? Yeah. And I don't even know like how much editing goes on on the photos in the back. And my guess is not much. I mean, yeah. it's just shooting the photo. So yeah, you won't see me really pay for many photos on the ship because we all got cameras of our own these days that are all super nice. Frank, we've also seen kind of nickel and diming happening in dining. Yeah, I think like there's definitely some opportunities to to streamline it, right? So there's some free food around some of these big kind of mass market cruise ships, but a lot of times when it comes to like things like popcorn, like you're charging extra for it. And I, I just again, I think we mentioned it before, but I I simply don't understand why like that would cost more, but I can go get a hot dog for free. Yeah. Or pizza. <laughs> or, or pizza or a burger. Like I, I don't understand like why popcorn would be an upcharge. So things like that, or, you know, like even Johnny Rockets where it's like $5 a person, but why even like, this just seems like it should be free, you know? So that's kind of like, and maybe they will make it free one day to compete with some of their competitors. I don't know, but those things, you know, there's definitely some nickel and diming happening that just, it's just small little charges that if you, you know, make those charges a lot, it does add up to yeah. be a, a big expense at the end of the cruise. So the second one is, chair hogs mm. so chair hogs we talked about it we laughed about it last week too you know they just the cruise lines are not enforcing chair hogs like they probably should and then also on the passenger side people are just a little unreasonable and it does get to be annoying when you're not up at 6 a.m to throw to get a seat like you may not get a good seat by the pool on a sea day and so that definitely you know cuts into your vacation a little bit of stress involved with am i going to get a chair you know, am I going to get a chair in the sun? So yeah. it's it's an annoyance. I hope to see improvements. I was laughing about, you know, they could do some cool digital, like we create an app where you tap in or it's like based on your phone. Like, yeah, you tap in and you're there. And then when you're gone for 30 minutes, there's like a little light that like, you could do something cool. It'd be expensive, but <laughs> they probably don't want to pay for something like that. But there may be some technology that could come into this too, where 
that could just make it a little bit easier and more streamlined. So hopefully they're looking into ways to do that. Yeah, and I think even here, the area, like you said, we see this the most is around the pool deck. But as ships have gotten larger, it's nice to see just expanded seating options just all around the ship on different decks that aren't as hard to get. So at the end of the day, if you don't care about being right at the pool, this may not affect you as much. But yeah, something, like we said, we like to see just policed a little bit more overall throughout the sailings. Speaking of sailings, the third thing on our list is repetitive itineraries and short days at port. Now, I feel like... You see this a lot down in the Caribbean, right, when it comes to the repetitive itineraries. And sometimes it may just be because of the ship size, not being able to go to some other places. But it's something we like to see changed a little more, right? You know, I've been looking at cruises for later this year, and some of them are just hard to find on certain ships to get, like Puerto Rico in a stop. San Juan, for example, they only do so many sailings where they throw that in versus some of the other just more basic Caribbean ports. It's not as big of a port, maybe, you know, as some of the other ones out there as well. And then even with some of these itineraries, you know, you don't get in. I mean, most of the time for hopefully like a good itinerary, you're getting in earlier in the morning. But some when you get in like closer to noon and then you're leaving by four or five, like that's not a lot of time here at these ports. Yeah, it's not even like worth like to me, like sometimes it's not even worth to get off. You're just like, we're here for a few hours, you know, maybe you can get a beach day in, but would love to see again, just better itineraries, longer days, you know, overnight stops. If you're getting in at four, maybe you leave for the next day. That would be really awesome. They're just not doing, I mean, I think with all the ships out there now, it's probably, it's just scheduling, man. There's just, you mentioned Puerto Rico and I don't, again, I don't think it's a big port. I I would love to go there more. It's Mm -hmm. not one that you see a lot. And yeah, it's probably just everyone's trying to get their hands on those days and those ships and it's probably just a huge battle to get ske- get on the schedule. Exactly. Yeah, I could just imagine being the ones like at the ports that have to talk to all these cruise lines to figure out who's getting in, what days, what times to, like you said, have space there for them. Because like like we've seen Nassau, that port's grown. I mean, what they added a whole other two ships. It can hold up to eight now. I it's, think. it's a ton yeah. of ships, but yeah, like, who, no one wants like it's not an exciting <laughs> port. Yeah, that's the thing you're seeing at least them hey the more people we can get to come here and spend their money here it's yeah. great for us and the like just tourism industry down there and i, the I mean maybe the cruise lines can help too like you know royal has like a private port now at st thomas where they kind of do and i know carnival has some of those as well and like yeah maybe they need to make more investments rather than new ships which it's probably a tougher investment but yeah new new port areas like even at the same islands just to have more stops there you know so definitely something we would like to see in the next you know, next few years. Speaking of itineraries, if you have gone on a really cool cruise, whether it's you know something Europe, Alaska, or a really original itinerary, even if your ship got maybe taken to another port or something happened where it had to turn around, we've got a really cool opportunity. We work with the cruise maps, so it's thecruisemaps.com. You can use our rate CC15, and what's really awesome is this is the best deal out there. You get a map that has your exact voyage using the satellite ship tracking technology that they have it's the exact track that your ship went on and it's a really awesome map you can order that on thecruisemaps.com you can use our code cc15 to get 15 percent off your order again i think it's the best deal out there that they're currently offering so go log in go try to see if you can make your cruise map based on your awesome cruise that you went on all right, Frank, so the next one on the list you wrote down, I got a little giggle out of it, the towel policy. Tell us about this. What's annoying you about it? I just, I don't like having, like, why can't I just leave the towel in my room when I'm done with it? Why do I have to, 
may, it's just extra steps. It's an extra kind of annoyance, right? Like you think about your vacation being streamlined, being efficient. You get your towels, you go to the pool. Now I got to wait in a line to drop off my towels. Or if I wear it downstairs to grab some food, then at some point in the cruise, I got to carry it back up. It's just like, you ask me what annoys me. This is one of the things that kind of annoys me. Like if it's the last day, now I got to figure out how, when am I going to be back at the pool to return my towels before I get charged like $25 a towel. <laughs> so and I don't think, again, Megan talked about this on her episode about celebrity. Not all the cruise lines do this. This is really the cheaper kind of, again, mass market, like Car- Carnival Royal, Norwegian. Those types of cruise lines are really, I guess these towels for them, they have so many ships. If they lose towels, it's expensive uh you know over time i imagine it would become a a line item expense for them to have to replace a bunch of towels but yeah just something that's a bit annoying as a passenger again can there be some other way like of scanning it can they come by their room and grab can you put them outside your door i don't know they're just it seems like it's it's a burden yeah i think going off this i think they're doing a decent job from the side of like just the check-in and check-out kind of being i know some of them will do it down near the gangway yeah so when you're getting on and off the ship for excursions you can get them there or check them back in there so that's the thing you don't want to have to sometimes you go to grab breakfast in the buffet and then have to all right we'll have to go stop by the pool to go grab a towel when it's down there like you said it's a little bit easier and i do like at coco k you can exchange them so if you have a dirty one like Maybe you just keep your dirty ones. Like it's something, but you have to think about it, right? You're like, oh, I have dirty towels today on the pool deck. I'll just bring those to Coco K and exchange them. But then I forget that. And then I'm like, oh, I'll go get new ones. And then before Coco K, I'm like, I got to get new ones again. So it's like, you have to just think logically. Oh, I've got my towels already. I can keep them. And it, then I don't have to get them again at Coco K. I just go to the towel stand. But you have to like think, you have to plan it out a little bit, you know? Just don't lose it on land. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't let anyone steal them. I feel like we've done some excursions where I'm like, you're on with a bunch of other cruisers and you got all those blue towels and you're like, at the end, you're like trying to count them, making (laughs) sure, oh, we brought four. Okay, we got four with us again to make sure we don't don't forget one. Yeah. All right, so the next one here on our list, you know, it kind of impacts us at times on the travel agent side of stuff. It's the single passenger supplements. What is this, you ask? If you have an odd number of people and you're trying to put like that third person in a room by themselves, they're paying for double occupancy. Yep. And, you know, when we're looking at like the group rates we have to offer, many times the group rates, like we said, save you hundreds of dollars overall, but they limit it to two people in the room. So if you have, like we, like we were just talking, if you have a third person, sometimes it's cheaper just to find a fourth person to have sale with them. Yeah. Or you have to like book the room for two and then no show a guest, right? So, uh, you know, you can basically say, I'm going to bring an imaginary friend, put a fake name or put another friend that you know is not going to come. And then they just, when you get to the port, you're like, oh, they can't, they can't make it. They didn't show up. Then they give you the refund for the taxes and fees, but you're basically still paying the fare for them. So yeah, you're still paying extra overall. You're you're paying extra. It's just, yeah, to get a room by yourself, there's, if you do it early enough, you can kind of hit, there's potential that you're going to get the, there is some single passenger kind of solo rates available, but Again, very, very rare do we see those. Uh, in, and it's almost better. Our rates are almost always better to have it be like a third person by themselves in a room and pretend there's a fourth guest. It's just like, it's tough, especially for family. So Michael, when you're trying to plan your family, make sure you do even numbers. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like it, yeah. it's a big difference. And, and and like you just mentioned, like the single occupancy rooms, like we mentioned here on the podcast in the past, Norwegian, this is something they're really just yeah. continuing to grow in. 
And it's hard because it's like, man, you know, I want to go kind of go see one of these single occupancy rooms. But at the same time, Terry ain't going to let me go cruise by, by myself without her. So I was yeah. like, eh, I'll probably never be in one of these in the long run. But it's good to know it's out there for people who do need to take use of them. Yeah. So the next one that I put on my list, things that annoy me, is the cruise line excursions. They're either amazing or they're like a miss in my opinion, right? Yeah. And I think that that's disappointing that like it's almost a better option always to go through a third party in terms of the quality. Obviously, people have their own risk levels and we've talked about it before. The main difference is, you know, you're guaranteed back to the ship if you book it through the cruise line versus you do it outside and the boat breaks on the excursion and you're late for the ship. They're not going to wait for you and you're going to have to get back on your own. But the quality of the excursion is almost typically better when you go third party. It's a smaller group. You get to see a lot more. And then the cruise line excursions, I've done some that are amazing, especially in Europe. It was very easy. You get off the ship, you get to see a lot They give you free time and all of that. But if it's not great, it's usually just like you're in a huge bus with a hundred people and, or you're on a big, big party boat. And it's just, sometimes it could be really great or, you know, maybe it's just, you feel like you're, kind of being herded like a cow (laughs) through to the next stop. And I think, again, Europe was perfect. In the Caribbean, I've had some that are really good. And then I've also had some where it's just, hey, I I felt like, again, I was on a huge bus and I didn't really feel like that personal touch was there versus you you go through TripAdvisor or we use Viator a lot for people like trying to book excursions that it's it's you get a smaller kind of setup you know sometimes it's yeah. only six people going on that excursion or eight people and they do a kind of more of a personal touch so and when you go like the third party route too sometimes it's just easier to find like better reviews on them right whether the reviews are good or bad it's easier i feel like like i said just to find reviews that way and really figure out how what the quality of the excursion is going to be versus some of the reviews just on the cruise line ones. And I will say like the reviews to find the cruise line one, it's hard to get reviews of that. So like you have to search for the name and sometimes it's not easily like you may get it on a blog or something. I mean, that's probably the best way to do it is to go on to a, a blog that's a cruise critic or Royal Caribbean blog. You can do that, but it, it you know, to do a real, like how many stars does this get? It's honestly hard to find that. So yeah, it's just something that, you know, look out for on your next cruise, really evaluate, you know, if you want to go third party or if you want to go through the cruise line. The next thing on our list is the cruise fares and how sometimes the discounts aren't really real discounts. Yeah. This is another thing we've kind of talked about in the past, but sometimes the cruise lines will act like they're having a good deal, right? And like 30% off, 35, 40% off a cruise fare. Or kids sale free. <laughs> yeah, but they jack up. They The prices fluctuate on these cruises, right? It's never just a set price that you're going to see all the way up to that sailing date. So yeah. they may increase the price a little and then add that discount. Now, sometimes it may save you 40 50 $60 here and there. I mean, there are times where, I mean, this is something you should still be monitoring after you put your deposit down all the way up to your final payment because you can get money back or they'll, you know, like if you call into the cruise line, it's another great reason to use a travel agent. We can do it for you and like get you money back or onboard credit when it comes to these fares. Yeah, I think to your point, Michael, it, the discounts, they, they're flashy, 50% off, you know, buy one, get one 75% off, whatever the deal that they're running, it's just it gets everyone super excited and they do the same thing for the drink packages too. Like you're like, Oh, 40% buy one, get one half off. It's just like, don't even look at that. Just look at what is the, what is the final price and do a comparison there. Cause like they'll run three different deals and it's the exact same price. And 
just, yeah, you don't really feel like you're getting any savings. So I would say with the cruise fares, book them as soon as you know you're going on the cruise or you're interested in the cruise. If it's a refundable deposit, get it in as soon as you can. You can always get the deposit back, but just hold that fare. And again, like you said, if it drops, take advantage of those discounts. That's the best way to do it, honestly. And speaking of the cruise fare, you know, one of the things that kind of annoys me is the gratuities not being included. And I think that there are some certain countries where they they do group it in. I think Australia is one of those where it's included because that's just not the culture there, you know. But in the U.S., this is kind of the funny joke. You know, you see it on TikTok and on Instagram where like everything they ask for a gratuity now. Like you get a coffee and it's like, dude, really? I have to (laughs) like and I'm not and people are going to like probably say that, you know, whatever. I just think that it should be part of the thing. I think it should be part of the cruise fair. I think, you know, these people work so hard, especially on cruises. Like I would never imagine like wanting to take money, even if they, there's something that happens. I'm not taking gratuity off of there because I know how hard they work. Yeah. And I don't think anyone should have that option, honestly, even in the US. And again, people may have some, you know, push back on this one, but I think that they work so hard. They work literally more than anyone probably that listens to this podcast, 12, 13, 15 hour days. They don't have any days off. They don't get any days off. They deserve the gratuity just included in the cruise fare. Just, and I don't love having the charge at the end of like at the end of the cruise, you can always prepay it too, do the prepaid gratuities. But yeah, I don't know. I just would rather have the lower price and pay it later, I guess. And then I'm like annoyed that I have to pay it, but yeah, just put it in the cruise fare. I think that's probably the best way even for, you know, people sailing out of the US. Yeah, and it'd be nice, like you said, just to like know that initial price up front when you're comparing cruises and prices. Cause even though I think like concerts now, they're it's I don't know wh- whether this year at some point, I know when I just booked a concert ticket on Live Nation, it told you the taxes and fees right now in that ticket price. Yeah. So it's not like you click on this forty, fifty dollar concert ticket click next and then you see what an extra $50 yeah. in taxes and that I mean it's just nice to know up front all right that's the price for that seat and yeah so and we like we mentioned with Virgin kind of rolling up some of the stuff when we talked about like the Wi-Fi sodas they're also rolling up gratuities here so yeah it's just nice to see them yeah. kind of doing something different there the next thing we have on our list is long lines and this is something I feel like the cruise lines, especially like what Royal and Carnival add in the different zones and neighborhoods throughout the ships, d- help and disperse people when it comes to lines because that it, it still is an issue on some of the smaller ships, right? You just I don't have, know if it's like that much better on smaller. We talked about that last week too. Is like, is it really better on smaller ships? I don't know. I mean, some ships it just feels less. Cr- I mean, it, there's more people for sure. It's just there's more space on some of these bigger ships, you know. Yeah, and that was going to be my point with the smaller ships. It's still like at the buffets or these things. Yeah, there's less people on the ship, but since there's less, like you said, space on these ships, the Dude, lines may be a little bit longer. Did you see how big icons like the the, the Windjammer? It's insane. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people, but this thing is huge. I mean, it's massive. So it's never going to feel crowded. And they're compared to like, yeah, we were on Enchantment. It's a small little Windjammer. It was packed you know you're like wow this is a lot of people but just because there's not a lot of other options we're on oasis class you have so many different options icon you got free breakfast in certain venues so yeah to your point like it's not i don't know if bigger necessarily means more crowded yeah and it'll be interesting too once these lines if they start making like smaller ships again to see how they decide to disperse the like what they've learned from the larger ships to take back to the like a smaller ship in the future yeah all right, we made it to the end of the list, Frank. Number 10, what is it? Unsupervised kids. 
they can be they can be an annoyance, you know. And I think you're gonna say like, oh, don't go on Royal Caribbean, don't go on Carnival, don't go on Norwegian, go on Celebrity, go on Princess, go on like an upscale cruise line. But I don't want to do that. I I, <laughs> I like my cruise lines. I just I think this one falls on. It's a little bit on the parents. It's a little yeah. bit on the cruise lines. Yeah. I think they've gotten better at this, but they do have a curfew every night, you know, like kids can't be running up and down the hallways past a certain point. Like they can, it's 1 a.m. And again, I don't know how strictly they do enforce that. I think they do a pretty good job of it, but it's definitely something that, you know, you see kids in the stairwell, like in the stairs a lot, like just kind of hanging out and just being kids. And that's fine. I think it's just at a certain age. What's that age? What is, let's talk about what is the age where you think that like, you were unsupervised on a, uh, as a kid. Like probably, you know, I would say like on a cruise, it'd be like 12 to 13. Yeah, teenagers. Like, yeah, teenagers. Once you're like, okay, I got my phone. Like once they probably have a phone, you can message them on the app. I would say before that, it's probably too young. You know, I think that you probably need a parent. It's, it's a big ship. There's a lot of people. You know, I'm not saying that there's tons of crime. There's very, like not a lot of crime. Like they're they're in a pretty safe spot, you know, and they got great security on these things. But I probably wouldn't let my kids any younger than that, you know, roam or, and honestly, once you're 13, you're not at that age where you're like 12 or 13. You're not like, like you're probably like more chill. You're not like trying to be crazy. I mean, someone's going to come be like my 13 year old is like insanely wild. But before that, there's still like a real, real young kid, you know? This and, is two guys talking about kids that don't have <laughs> don't have kids. But was it Michael Bailey who, when they were building Icon, he was like, man, you know, we put these big kids clubs on the ship, water parks, all these nice features, but you're still going to have the kids just love to run around the stairway, like hang out in the stairwells. Yeah, just sit down in the stair. Like, it's fine. I don't really mind that. It's more just about like the noise and the running up and down the hallways, you know? Yeah. I've heard a lot of people talking about that lately. So I think that's probably the thing that would annoy me. Like it annoys me when I hear just like footsteps, like zooming past my door. Cause they're not like perfectly soundproof. So <laughs> that's probably the biggest thing. The pool deck. I don't really get bothered by it. Everyone's drinking, having a good time. I yeah. mean, that's, that's fine. It's more the cabin spaces that I would say just need, you know, that's probably where it would annoy me the most when I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. But you know, shout out to all the kids club directors, the team clubs directors that, you know, make all these activities during the day to keep the kids occupied and just having a fun time meeting friends and all that while yeah. we get to have a good time by the poolside drinking drinks. So that wraps up our list of 10 things that annoy us about cruising. You know, again, like we go on so many cruises and it's, we always talk about the great things about cruising, but we thought, you know, this would be a fun way to kind of spin it and say, you know, it's not always perfect. You definitely eat any kind of trip you go on. There's going to be things that the pros, cons, the things that kind of annoy you. And, uh, you know, overall we wouldn't go on so many cruises if we didn't love it. And, yeah. and so we want to definitely just shout out the things that, you know, are a little more difficult, but at the end of the day, you're going to have a great time on your next cruise. And we're really looking forward to our next cruise as well. We can't wait. So with that, Michael, we did have a question at the beginning of this episode. So how many passengers cruised in 2023? So we had 35 and a half million, 31 and a half million, 41 and a half million, or 27 and a half million. If you guessed B, 31 and a half million, you are correct. Yeah, we had to throw halves in there or else it would have been yeah. specific. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, that's a lot. That was 106% up from 2019. So as you can see, the, the cruise industry is taking off, really growing. And it's going to, I mean, I'm imagining this is going to be even a bigger year this year. Yeah, I mean, remember during COVID, some people thought all the lines were going to go bankrupt and everything yeah. was going to just disappear. And but now they're announcing new ships. I'm about to say, yeah, stronger <laughs> than it's ever been. 
So we actually got one question for question and answer this week, Frank. Hey, that's exciting. We need more questions coming in. <laughs> Shout out to Got Morbs over on TikTok. They commented, does the deluxe drink package cover bubbles? Yes. So bubbles is the new kind of champagne bar that's in the park. So in Central Park on Icon of the Seas, it's really cool. Uh, the drink package does cover. So if you want like a basic Prosecco, They've got you know a couple different options that are included in the package. They also have some pretty upscale options as well. If you want to purchase a bottle of Dom, they've got really kind of fancy champagnes. They also have champagnes where you have to pay extra, maybe a dollar to five dollars extra for the glass. But for the most part, you can walk around. You can, I think they've got a cava, which which it looks great. So you can there's a couple different options you can order from the Bubbles Bar in Central Park and kind of grab that and go walk around the park, grab some food. So Definitely included with potential if you are bougie and like really nice champagnes, you can kind of upcharge that as well. And it just, again, anything over the the limit, you just pay a little extra for that, that glass of champagne or that cocktail. So with that, we're going to wrap up this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to another week. And we look forward to seeing you back here next Wednesday. <laughs>